0: Well, it's good to be with you this morning. Take your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter number six. Being in this group this morning reminds me of my college years years ago, 1993 to 1999 were the years that I was in school. Uh, It took me six years to finish uh, God's plan of uh, college in that training aspect of my life. And when I graduated with my master's, I realized how much more I have to learn and uh, still in life today every day is a learning experience with the Lord and so college was no, by, no, by no means an end of learning in case you're thinking today boy I can't wait till I'm done well you're never done uh, in learning but thank the Lord for an institution that you can come to uh, and uh, learn the word of God and have godly mentors that are put in f- front of you and there's a certain camaraderie In a college, a Bible college, where everybody's thinking and headed in the same direction and desires to grow in their faith. And that's special. I remember those days. I remember having buddies in college that we were accountability partners and we'd study the Word of God together. And in fact, one of those men is Ben Sinclair. You may know him. He's the president of BCM today. Or not BCM, BWM. Uh, (laughs) BCM, yes. BWM, uh, down in. uh, Uh, down south the mission board there but he was my accountability partner and of course God's using him greatly today and uh, just uh, very very special to be part of a focus there's a focus here that's obvious and we thank the Lord for it it did take me six years it's taking Todd Keith I think about eight years you don't know him as Todd Keith I know him as Todd Keith he's known as Todd around here but Todd's from our church and Violet's from our church and we spent some time with Violet at Culver's last night, and she was very, very reserved in what she ordered, not, not too much food. So, uh, but we certainly uh, enjoy our college students, and um, I remember being in weeks like this at college, and uh, there's a place that I got alone after chapel services, revival meetings, I could take you to northern Wisconsin. I could take you in the building. I could take you to an elevator. goes down one, went, went, went down to the basement. Never went, 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 went up one level, went down one level. But in that basement, there was just a little hallway. And God would deal with me through the preaching of his word. And uh, sometimes it was, our chapels were before lunch like yours are. And uh, sometimes I was so under the work of the Spirit of God that I go down, I take that elevator and just pace down there speaking to God, just thanking God. Listen, young people, you're in a terrific stage of life place to have those alone times with God. I'll never forget those. Boy, God was shaping me, God was molding me, God was dealing with me. And you know what? Those times are still precious today. God still does those things in our daily lives. He speaks to us and uh, just encourage you, don't don't take shortcuts when God's dealing with you in a week like this. Boy, enjoy the sweetness, the sweetness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we're in Acts chapter six this morning. I need to be done by 10 of, is that right? About 10 of? No, I'll do my best to stay on track this morning. Acts chapter six, look at verses one through four. The Bible says, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. This morning, I want to preach a message entitled, Being Full of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, Lord, your work in our hearts. Lord, the Word of the Lord is precious to us in these days as it was in Samuel's day. Lord, thank you for the days that we've had together. Thank you for the preparation and the work of the staff here for these students to be able to come back and, Lord, integrate into this college and this local church. God, we're thankful that you want to be in our midst. And Lord, you desire to speak to individuals. God, I'm reminded even as young as Samuel, that boy that said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I pray that would be our heartbeat in this morning's chapel hour, Lord. Take the words that are in your scripture, and Lord, I pray that you'll burn them in our hearts, Lord, in this time that we have together, in Jesus' name. Amen. When you think of essentials for living, physically living, you don't have to have an eye to live. You can live blind. There are people that live blind. Um, Some of them have seen eye dogs and others of them have somebody that helps them around. You don't have to have, your eyes are not essential for you to live. You don't have to have fingers to live, there are people that have lost their fingers. There are people that have lost their legs. Uh, there are people that have lost their hearing. There are people that have had their tonsils removed. Uh, but you do have to have a heart. There is an essential, there are essentials to living. Pretty hard to go without lungs. Um, Got to have those. Those are essentials, right? Um, This morning, I want to really deal with a ministry essential. Um, You don't have to have every spiritual gift to serve the Lord. Um, You don't have to be extremely talented to serve the Lord. But you do need the fullness of the Spirit. That is an essential essential. For ministry. Serving the Lord in the local church is a great opportunity and delight. The first ministry essential that I believe they were looking for in these men were men that were full of the Holy Ghost. Now, Acts chapter 6, obviously, when you study the book of Acts, you understand that we're dealing with uh, the growth or the explosion of the gospel. And so, Boy, by the time we get to chapter 6, thousands have already been saved. The church is exploding. And as the church grows, guess what? Needs grow, don't they? As people, as we reach more people, guess what? There are more needs. And that's what was taking place in the early church here to the point that there were some balls that were being dropped, so to speak, or there wasn't enough manpower to take care of the needs. And some things were being neglected as we read in Acts chapter 6. And so the apostles could see what was happening. The apostles, God gave them wisdom to understand that there needed to be some men that were drawn out from the local church that would be able to serve these needs that were growing in the church, the needs of the widows and the needs of serving tables. And they looked out among them for people, for men that were full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, some of these responsibilities included serving tables, but guess what? They needed the Holy Ghost in that aspect of service as much as the apostles needed the Holy Ghost when they stood up to declare the Word of God. So the need of the fullness of the Holy Ghost isn't dependent upon where you're serving in the church what ministry you might be involved in, it's needed for every minister in the local church. Every minister needs the fullness of the Spirit of God. This is an essential, men full of the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 3, turn over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 3. and In Luke chapter 3, Jesus is speaking of Jesus himself, began to be about 30 years of age being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, and Jesus, chapter 4, verse 1, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What's amazing to me about the fullness of the Spirit is that what Jesus had with the Holy Spirit, I can have with the Holy Spirit. This is not something that was just uh, planned for Jesus' day in Jesus' life, but what is true in Christ's life that we read about in Luke chapter 4 can be true in our lives. We can have that same fullness of the Spirit of God. What are the evidences then of someone that is full of the Spirit? I'm so glad the Bible brings out great clarity so that we can evaluate ourselves by what the Bible says and defines as being full Of the Holy Spirit of God. We find in Acts chapter 4. We find that being full of the Holy Spirit. Means to be bold with truth. It means to be bold with truth. Now boldness doesn't mean unkind. Boldness doesn't mean we have to be harsh. Boldness doesn't mean. I tell somebody you're going to die and go to hell tomorrow. If you don't receive Christ. But boldness does mean to be truthful and not hold back on truth. We find that in the life of Peter in Acts chapter 4. Would you look there in your Bibles with me this morning? The Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole... Be it known to all of you and to all the people of Israel. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom ye crucified. That's bold. That's direct. That's true of us as sinners, isn't it? We've crucified. Our sins put Christ on the cross whom God hath raised from the dead. Even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Or in other words, Peter spoke truth. It would offend. It would pierce. But with the filling of the Spirit, there was that supernatural boldness to speak truth to help people. And by the way, that is the purpose of truth, is to help people. And Peter spoke that with boldness. In Acts chapter 13, Saul, who's also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil. Those are strong words. The Bible said prior to him speaking those words, the Bible made sure that it categorized Paul as not being in the flesh there, but being filled or full of the Spirit of God in order to speak boldness. Boldness. We need that boldness when we're witnessing, don't we? I don't know about you. I deal with fears when I witness at times. I go up to a door and knock on a door depending on who answers the door and how the nature of the conversation goes, sometimes my flesh doesn't want to get the pay dirt, so to speak, as far as the gospel's concerned. It's just nice to talk casually to somebody and get to know them. But I know that the Spirit would direct us to be bold. Sometimes I'm in a place where I have to take a stand and it's not comfortable. And it'd just be easy to back down. From truth. And yet, the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God does what? He infuses us with boldness, boldness in our ministries to others. And so, being full of the Holy Spirit means to be bold. Being full of the Holy Spirit means to be available for service. It means to be available for service. They looked out for among them seven. Men, seven men that were selected for service, they were whole full of the Holy Ghost, but they were willing to serve they were willing to give of themselves they were willing to see a need and help with the need that 's the heartbeat of ministry. the heartbeat of ministry is that we make ourselves available God Use me. Oh, if this is what needs done, then Lord, help me to plug in and get it done. These men in Acts chapter 6 were willing to be used. They were willing to be appointed. They were willing, watch this, to take on responsibility in the local church. You know, in your training here at Baptist College of Ministry in Falls Baptist, you're getting put responsibility on your shoulders. And that's training ground. You're appointed to different ministries here. They appointed these seven men that were full of the Holy Ghost to ministry. They rose to meet the need. They weren't selective. Well, that's not for me. That's too low for, for me. No, they understood the whole of God's plan. And if this is where God needs me right now then by all means, Lord, help me to fulfill that. Listen, in your life, carry that kind of spirit. That's a spirit that's Holy Spirit led, a spirit of availability. Spirit-controlled people are service-oriented people. Spirit-controlled people are service-oriented people. These men were humble enough and willing enough to do a very insignificant thing so that the word of God could go forward. Hey, don't minimize if there's a room that needs to be set up here. Just do it with the fullness of the Spirit. With an available and a servant's heart. They were just ordinary men who were chosen, but they were filled with the Spirit. And the infilling of the Spirit in our lives lifts us to another plane in our service to the Lord. They picked Philip. Philip was one of these men. Philip was a server of tables. That's what was happening in the local church. But did you know that God sent Philip out? Philip went down to Samaria. Philip was led by the Holy Spirit to the Ethiopian eunuch. And you know the story there. Man may have chosen to serve tables But in the midst of his service, he was also touching souls for Christ. Being full of the Holy Spirit means that you are available. Being full of the Holy Spirit in your life means that there's boldness. Being full of the Holy Spirit means that you keep your eyes on the Savior. Turn over in your Bibles to Acts chapter 7. This phraseology is used over and over in our New Testament. You know, the main work of the Holy Spirit was always in the New Testament to point people to the Savior, to point people to the Savior. Stephen had just preached, and could we say that he was in a hotbed of hatred? These men did not respond in faith. They responded in stubbornness. They responded in anger as Stephen preached. And so the Bible says in verse 54 of Acts chapter 7, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. You say, Preacher, what do you get out of this? Well, he's got a whole bunch of people that are angry with him. But Stephen... Being full of the Holy Ghost looked where? At the enemies or to the heaven? You know, in ministry sometimes you're not going to make everybody happy. Dr. Jim, is that true? (laughs) Dr. Jim preaches all over our country and I'm sure not everybody that listens to him, walks away happy. Some are upset. Some are mad. In ministry, you'll get hurt at times. In ministry, sometimes there'll be friction with you and another brother. But I tell you what the Holy Spirit does in those times. We learn it from the life of Stephen. He draws our eyes to the Savior. See, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and ministry will constantly bring your eyes back on Jesus. He did it for Stephen in a very, very difficult time, in a very, very tense moment, in a time where Stephen could sense this thing's probably going to get out of control. Of course, we know they stoned him. But the Bible says, strong phrase in verse 55, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly, He looked up, and he didn't look around. He looked up, and he kept his eyes on Jesus. Can I warn you about ministry and my experience over the last number of years, 25 years of ministry? People will disappoint you, and people will hurt you. But I tell you, the filling of the Spirit will direct your eyes to stay on the author and the finisher of our faith. And my friend, that will help you a lot in your life as you serve the Lord. If you understand that the fullness of the Spirit in Stephen's life came at a point he was controlled by the Spirit at a point of great threat, at a point of great contention, and his eyes were directed upon the Lord. Young people, if I could just be practical, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Being full of the Holy Ghost means keeping your eyes on the Savior, Being full of the Holy Ghost means being full of joy. Turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 as we study this phrase in the book of Acts this morning. Again, we're in another intense situation in Acts 13. By the way, ministry is intense. Maybe you're sensing this week, you're new to this college, you're in your freshman year, and you didn't know that you're going to walk into a week of intense spiritual warfare through the preaching of god's word last week and into this week and you're realizing very quickly boy this thing's intense you know why the schedule is the way it is here you know why they build in disciplines for you here you know why there are rules that are built in to help you and narrow your life they're preparing you for intensity because everyday ministry is intense Here there's an intensity in Acts chapter 13. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Boy, Paul and Barnabas basically got deported. They go to Iconium. And the disciples there are full of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they were filled with joy. See, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, then you must be filled with joy because that's a fruit of the Spirit. These disciples were filled with joy. I don't know. Maybe Paul and Barnabas are leaving. I believe that the Bible here is talking about the disciples that he's talking about are the ones that they're coming to. Paul and Barnabas may have had a down day, so to speak, may have been somewhat discouraged about shaking the dust off their feet and having to move on, understanding that the gospel was not well received where they were just at. But when they came to the new area of Iconium, these disciples were full of the Holy Spirit. And filled with joy. Can you answer this question? Do you think that if Paul and Barnabas' spirits were down in any way and they came upon these disciples, do you think that they found that to be refreshing? Yes, because people that are full of the Holy Spirit are refreshing. Because they're full of joy. You know, in your your dorm room, somebody may get bad news this week. But if you're full of the Holy Spirit and joy, you know what you can be? A refresher to them. We we meet people at all different seasons of life with all different backgrounds of life, don't we? And you know what? The people around us, they need to see the joy of the Holy Ghost in us. If you're working, maybe you're working a secular job out in the world today. Boy, one of the greatest testimonies that a Christian can have is joy. You understand, people in our world today are living without joy. They're living down. They're living depressed. They're living without hope. But to see somebody that has genuine joy doesn't have to be put on. It's coming from that Holy Spirit that's within us. They were full of joy. Hmm. Joyful. Is that a description of a consistent spirit that you display that's coming from the spirit in your life? Or are you... I'm up one day and I'm down the next day. Or if there's that filling with the spirit, there's that emptying of self... There's that yielding afresh to God. You know what? You can have that spirit of joy consistently. What a growth point in somebody's life to say, Lord, would you develop that consistent spirit of joy in me? That being full of the Holy Spirit means being full of joy. What else, preacher? What else is being full of the Holy Spirit as we finish up this morning? Being full of the Holy Spirit means being controlled by spiritual songs. I want to say today I'm so thankful for the music here at Falls Baptist and those that give time to it, but the philosophy behind it, because I sat in a service this week and ever had my flesh appealed to in any part of any of the music that I've heard. In fact, it has only put me into the heavenlies and focused on Christ and his work and what God is to us. You know that being full of the Holy Ghost means being controlled by spiritual songs. Turn over in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number five. Ephesians chapter number five, this great, great passage on being filled with the Spirit. And we see here in Ephesians 5.18 that you can't have multiple fillings here. I'm not talking about it refilling of the spirit when we're talking about the filling of the spirit obviously we're not talking about getting more of the holy ghost you got all of the holy ghost at salvation the indwelling of the spirit of god but we need to be filled with the spirit and oftentimes there are other things that get in that fill us that we need to empty ourselves of so that god the spirit has all of us and so in this passage it says and be not drunk with wine wine is a controller isn't it Wine's an influencer. Even our secular law understands that. When somebody gets pulled over and they're checked for alcohol on their breath and they're charged with being under the what? Under the influence. And be not drunk with wine or be under that control or that influence, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, you can't be controlled by wine and be controlled by the Spirit at the same time. Neither can you be controlled by any aspect of your flesh and be controlled by the Spirit at the same time. And so he says uh, here, but be filled with the Spirit. And then verse 19, what's that look like? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you understand the emphasis on music here is very, very intentional? It's intentional because... It's one of the uh, manifestations that someone is full of the Spirit of God when they are speaking to themselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I know there's maybe a wide variety here, but what Dr. Jim was dealing with yesterday was not just a matter of a standard, though that's important, and principle. It is a matter of you being able to see evidence of the Spirit of God controlling you when I work with people on music, I ask them this question. Is what you like the most important factor in deciding the music that you listen to? Or should it be, Spirit of God, what would glorify you and please the Lord? Well, preacher, I just like this artist. Well, preacher, I just like, well, when you're controlled by the Spirit of God, then He leads you to spiritual songs and hymns that the ultimate audience is to the Lord, isn't it, here? Not to what I like, but the songs that I'm singing to myself are being sung to the Lord. It's in my heart. Unto the Lord. Of course, there's a lot of other principles we could talk about there. But what is controlled? What is controlling you? Can I say this? If you're singing a hymn like some of the ones we've sung this week, it's hard to have anger going on in your heart. It's hard to have bitterness reigning in your heart if your heart is filled with spiritual songs. See, that's an evidence that you're under the control of the Spirit of God. What else, preacher, about being full of the Spirit as we look at this ministry essential this morning? Being full of the Holy Spirit means being controlled by a thankful Spirit. Look at the next verse giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, this is hard. Is it hard to measure the fullness of the Spirit? I don't think so. I think God in the New Testament has given us uh, evidence after evidence after evidence that this is what it looks like. This is what it ought to reflect in your everyday life. This is possible. This is wonderful. This is available through the Spirit. How many of you like to be around thankful people? How many of you like to hear the words, thank you? I like to be around those kind of people. How many of you like to be around demanding people? Complaining people? People that you can never meet their expectation? Right? See, spirit-filled people, can I say it this way? Practically, are wonderful people to be around. When God fills you with his spirit, boy, you touch other lives in powerful ways, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then being full of the Holy Spirit means being controlled by a submissive spirit. Now watch this. Close the message here this morning. You're under the word of God here. Basically, all day, every day. Now, students, there's a great danger to that. I tell all of our college students, my college students know this. We have an ice cream social every year and I go through a bunch of things with them. But Bible college is very dangerous if we lack submissiveness when we're hearing the word of God. Because knowledge puffs up. Knowledge without application, knowledge without submission, knowledge without obedience will put you on the shelf someday for God. One of the fruits of being full of the Spirit of God is submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. There's a submission to God first, there's a submission to one another. That is the fullness of the Spirit in practice in the life of a Christian. And so today, you're starting some of you in a new ministry today, this week. Some of you have been assigned ministry. Some of you are seniors or you're in the master's program here and you're searching what is next, God, in my life. Could I I bring your mind to this this morning? Let's not necessarily worry about the aspect of ministry. Let's zero in on learning how to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit so we're filled for whatever God has for us here and abroad. Our local churches, young people, need young people coming out of Bible colleges like this that understand the number one ministry essential is to be full of the Spirit of God what in your life and in your heart are you spending divided time with preacher once to be full of the spirit but this is this is still hindering me then give up that don't yield to the control of whatever that is so that you can be a person that has the fruits and the evidences of somebody that is full of the spirit of God